What is up, guys? Dr. Archer Pines at The Study Doc, and we are live action right now, and we're talking MCAT. If you are a student, you've taken the MCAT, you got your score back, it didn't go well, you're concerned about your med school future, you're trying to figure out how you're going to regroup, reclimb that mountain, and dominate the MCAT, you need to tune into this episode. Let's go, guys. But stop making excuses, stop whining, stop, right? Get at it. No excuses, just dominate. All right, guys, Dr. Pines at The Study Doc, and as always, I am here to make you a more independent, more confident student. I'm here to help you dominate pre-med, be efficient as a pre-med, and become the doctor of your dreams. So welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Dominate Pre-Med Show, and today we're talking MCAT, specifically how to retake the MCAT. Oh, right? If you're listening to this and you took your MCAT, I know the feeling, guys. I know what it feels like. I know that you... Are like, man, I put everything I had into this test. It didn't go right. Am I not meant to be a doctor? And you're asking yourself that. You're trying to figure out, man, is it, maybe I was wrong. Maybe all this time was a waste. Maybe all those people who told me I couldn't be a doctor, that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't smart enough, that I didn't have what it takes. Maybe they were right. And that's what you're thinking right now. I want to assure you, you guys, anyone can get into medical school. Anyone can become a doctor. Not everyone will, but the choice is yours. It's not in how you were born. It's not in what people tell you. The choice is yours. If you want to do the work, you can always get into medical school. And when it comes to situations where you've already flubbed and messed up on the MCAT the first time, the important thing is, is to make the choice to say, you know what, this next time is going to be my time. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get the score I need and I'm not going to shortcut it. I'm not going to cheat myself. I'm going to commit. I'm going to give my future, my dreams of a doctor, everything it deserves. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're talking about now that you, you know, how do we get our mind in this place? How do we figure that out? And how do we go? Before we get to retaking the MCAT, I want to point out, and some of you guys are, have already taken the MCAT once and you've done poorly. I want you to take the time, comment, take the time, send me a message that I can share with other students so they can understand how bad it feels, how difficult a situation you're in right now, right? It, it feels crushing when you don't do well in an MCAT. So I want you guys to send me your messages right now, comment, send me messages, let me know that if you take an MCAT and how bad it feels so I can share it with other students. Why? Because our first tip today is that all of you guys out there should act like you plan to take the MCAT once and only once. I see too many students who go into their initial first time MCAT prep thinking, oh, you know what, I'm going to prepare, see what happens, I'm going to do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that, I'm not taking it too seriously, I'll get serious if it doesn't go well the first time. And the reason I ask you guys who have retaken already to send me these messages is because these students don't know the pain that you feel. It's like life, right? Our parents tell us, hey, I, I've been there, don't do that, you're in for something. They know something you don't know, they know the pain you're in for, you can't see it, you're doing the wrong thing. And so... I want you guys to provide the motivation to provide what these students need. So send me a voicemail to my website, studenttransformation.com, and leave me a voicemail and let me know, and let's break down what happened the first time with your MCAT so we can share that and we can post that with this uh, show in the show notes and we can post that so that students can have those messages of encouragement, of motivation from you guys. But for your first time taking it, plan like you only want to take it once, take it seriously. And for many of you guys who have already... Uh, failed the MCAT once or done poorly, you recognize that 
looking back on hindsight, you weren't prepared. And many of you actually knew you weren't prepared before even test day happened. Yet, you told yourself, well, you know what, I've done this preparation, I've already paid for the test, I'm just going to take it and see what happens. That is a very bad idea, guys, A, because of the money, but B, because it sets you on a path where you're in a holding pattern, waiting for a score to come back that you know is not going to do well, and you're hoping for the best, and when it comes back, it can be absolutely crushing. It can be a devastating moment to see that your hard work, your effort, when you felt like you gave everything, wasn't enough. So I encourage everyone, if you're listening to this and it's your first time taking the MCAT, take it seriously, take it like you mean it, and make it a one-time deal because it will make a huge difference in the way your preparation goes. Because you will take it seriously. You act like, I don't have a backup plan. I got to give this everything I got. Now that we've covered that, right, and you did everything you could on the first time and then it doesn't go well, the very first thing I want you to understand is that your test score is not you. It is not permanent. It doesn't say anything about your qualifications to be a doctor. Too many students take these scores personally. And I was at a conference recently, and that's why I'm actually talking about this topic, because the MCAT coming up at this conference this past week at, at University of San Francisco, and one of the ways it came up was there was a student who had retaken the MCAT, and they were like, I just feel like they had already taken the test twice. And they were like, I just feel like I've taken the test twice, I've done what I can do, and my score is just not improving. I'm flatlining. And I just feel like maybe I'm not cut out to be a doctor. Maybe the people who said I wasn't smart enough, they really are right. And as I talked to the student more and more, I started asking them about their career and what happened when they were an undergrad and, and all the things that, that, that have gone on. And what they explained to me was that they always felt inferior to their classmates. They always felt like they weren't as smart as everyone else. Everyone else just just got it, just grasped it, could just remember it. And what they said they did to get their grades, and they actually had pretty decent grades, had a really decent GPA, is they said, listen, I just outworked everybody. And that was what I did. Like when everyone else was out partying, I was studying, I was doing this. And so I made that decision to live basically no life during my pre-med because I knew that's what I had to do to get the grades. And I was explaining to the student that that is an admirable thing you've done to say, to have the foresight to say, my future is in front of me and I'm going to sacrifice whatever I have to do to get there. But I said, what you don't understand is you look at yourself as being someone who's inferior, but you did the superior thing of doing what you have to do to be successful. And not everyone is naturally smart. There are some people who have naturally quick brains, etc. But I said, I want to talk to you right now. It's Andre Pintet, the physician, the, the top Stanford graduate. I want to let you know that I'm not one of the sharpest minds at baseline. I struggle with reading. I was an academic person who struggled going through um, my early journey. And, and in fact, to the point where my reading was so bad that it used to be, be a sport for people to popcorn read and call on me repeatedly to, to watch me stumble through text. And I said to the student, I said, listen, don't let that be the thing don't label yourself inappropriately as inferior. You're not inferior. You are something. You do have uh, something to give. You are good enough to be a doctor. You are smart enough. But like you said, you have to work harder. And my question to you is, for these two times that you prepared, did you work harder than everyone else? And what was interesting was, it was, it was sometimes I ask a question and I mean it so that I, I want the student to reflect and I want it to be an introspective moment. But in that moment, it was beyond introspective it like it was like it hit him like a ton of bricks and they're like man you're right i didn't i was i got one of these classes and i was doing the class and i was 
having trouble keeping up, but I was just doing what I could do and I had my classes and all these things. And they're like, I really didn't work harder than everyone else. I was doing what everyone else in the class was doing. And I was like, you made a classic mistake of thinking just because you're doing what other people are doing or what you see them doing, that that's going to be enough to get you in your future. And that's not always the case. And so we talked about this for a bit and we talked about the fact that the MCAT score and the way it's gone the first two times, that's not permanent. And that she had the power to change that score the third time, that she could make it different, that she could be a different prepper this time, but she had to make the change. And so for you guys who are down on yourself, you're thinking, man, I'm just not smart enough to go to medical school. A, the research shows that how you do on the MCAT has no bearing on the quality of physician you're going to be. So understand that first. The second thing is, is how you do on the test one time or twice, it doesn't always have to be that way, but you do have to make changes. You do have to make changes. So when you go now to climb this hill the second time, what are you going to do differently? You guys all with me? You understand what I'm saying right now? We have to recognize that score is not us. Don't let it beat you down. So the first thing I want you to understand is that don't, that score is not you, so don't let it hurt your confidence. I want you to say, man, hey, that was the old me. Now I'm a new me. I'm together. I have a different plan, and I'm going to execute. So don't let a score affect your confidence. Let's fix it. The first thing you want to do is make sure. This is the biggest mistake I see students make when they go to retake the MCAT is they don't give themselves sufficient time to prepare to retake the exam to an adequate extent to get the grade that they're the score that they want to get. Realistically, and this happened actually recently, actually at the same conference, uh, a, a student asked me, "Well, how's you know? I, I got my score. I took the got two months ago. Got my score back just recently, and now I'm signing to take it again in two months. Do you think that's enough time?" And we got into this long dialogue about the process of the MCAT and 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 what needed to be done before the retake. But the very first thing I said to the student, I said, "Listen, well, your first score, and in her words, it was terrible." I said, "Okay, you have a terrible score." on your MCAT the first attempt. You just took it two months ago. Do you think realistically that two months is enough time for you to improve your score? And she was like, well, and I was like, oh, right? Because we make these justifications. I know you guys want to rush and get right back into it because you don't want to put off your application. That's the number one thing, right? Is that you guys are scared to give the test the adequate preparation time it needs because you know you're right up against the application deadline. And I want to let you guys know that's a poor approach to retaking the MCAT to limit yourself on how much time based on your application. Because if you were studying for two or four months or whatever the first time and it didn't go well, how are you then in two months going to all of a sudden go up 10 points? That's not realistic. So I want you guys to give yourself adequate time for that retake. However much time you spent preparing for the the MCAT the first time, I want you to spend at least double that time. So if you spent two months, give me four months. If you spent three months, give me six. If you spent six months, you need a year of preparation. And I say this because when you retake the MCAT, are you going to feel good if you go up by one point or two points? No, no. You're like, man, that was a waste. You want to significantly and drastically improve. In order to do that, it takes what? significant and drastic prep and just significant and drastic prep time. So I want you guys to give yourself at least double the amount of time you gave yourself the first time to get ready for this exam. The second thing you need to do is to ask yourself 
What did you do in your last prep that was helpful and that was hurtful? Too many times people say, oh, you know what, the MCAT didn't go well. I'm going to scrap everything and go back to the drawing board. And while I agree you should make changes because we want a different outcome, right? We have to change the, we have to change the process. You first have to look at what you've done before and troubleshoot off that. Otherwise, you're shooting blind, right? It's like if if you if you're heading off, if someone says, "Hey, you're heading off the road," they don't tell you which way you're going off the road, and you're just course adjusting blindly. You're not going to end up back on the road. And it's the same with your MCAT. So I want you to take the time, sit down, and say, "You know what? What did I do right? Well, you know what? I, I you know what? I uh, I like the books that I was reading, or you know what? I it took lots of questions, or whatever you might do. Whatever you liked about your prep, let's keep that." Then figure out how you sabotage yourself. Were you not sticking to your schedule? Were you not doing all your assignments? Were you not taking enough questions? Were you not taking proper notes? What about your prep needs to be changed? And let's use that as a starting jump off point. The second thing you have to do is you have to create an entirely different plan based off of your assessment. So now you've said, okay, these things went well, these things went poorly. Now let's create a new plan for our preparation. When I was speaking at UCSF this past weekend, like I said, the girl who asked me about retaking her test in two months, I walked her through this process that I'm going to walk you guys through right now. And I asked her, right? And so as I walk through this, I'm going to, I'm going to <laughs> imitate how I was asking her in the conference because I want you guys to get that same kind of teaching. So the very first thing I asked her, I said, hey, how are your classes? I said, how many classes did you take before your first take of the MCAT? And she said, I took one class because I was trying to lighten my load so I could focus on the MCAT. And I said, that's very smart. It's a good strategy. How many classes are you taking this term? And she said, well, actually, I'm taking four because I have to make up because I didn't take a whole bunch of classes last term. And I said, four classes? Let's get this straight. And I'm going to ask you guys, right? If she took one class before her first take, and now she's taking four classes before her second take, is she going to do better? If you know nothing else, just that in the vacuum, one class to four classes, of course she's not going to do better. She's going to do worse because all those four classes are going to take time out of her schedule that she would have been previously spending on the MCAT. They're going to take energy. You guys know, you guys know how exhausting college is. So if you're even taking four classes, you're going to be very tired every day. And then you're trying to squeeze the MCAT in where you can. So it's not going to be effective. The third thing is, is your focus and your brain power. For some of you guys who have prepared for a test or you've been fortunate to be in a situation where you're only taking one or two classes in a term, do you ever realize how you get into like a zone around that content? You're like in the, in the physics zone or in the whatever zone. It's the same way with the MCAT. If you get rolling and you're really focused and most of your brain power is spent on the MCAT, you start to get into an MCAT machine mode. You're like this machine who can just grind it out and you know how they're asking the questions, what to look for, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you're going to dilute your brain power across four classes plus the MCAT, I don't know if that's going to be a successful plan for you, right? Because your brain's going to be tired. Your brain's going to be all over the place trying to think of all the different classes and not just the MCAT. So I explained to her, I said, that's not a good idea. And I encourage you guys to look at your class load. However many classes you were taking before when you were studying for the MCAT, trim that down. If you were taking four classes before, cut down to two. If you were taking two, cut down to one. And in the best case scenario, consider taking a semester off or taking a gap year or waiting to the summer, right? So 
you could be in a position where you have no other classes and all you do is MCAT all day. Do you think your score would be better if you had all day stuff for the MCAT versus you had four classes in your MCAT? Of course it would. So figure out ways to assess how many classes you're taking so that you can give yourself the time the MCAT needs. And what was interesting when I was talking to this girl about her four classes, like, why are you taking four classes? Shouldn't you go down to zero classes or even one class? And she said, well, I have to take four classes because I'm graduating this semester. I'm graduating this semester. How many of you guys have heard that or you're thinking that, like, oh, I'm graduating soon. I have to take these classes. You guys don't. You guys do not. Wouldn't it be better if you lightened your load and you graduated over summer? Wouldn't it be better if you took the semester off and you finished over summer and fall? You got nothing to do anyway. You're applying to medical school, right? Or if you're not willing to do that, you want to graduate, then take the classes and push the MCAT back to the summertime after you've graduated, the classes are off your mind and you can focus on the MCAT. Or you could study summer and fall for the MCAT and be ready before the next application cycle. Don't feel a pressure to go based on a traditional timeline. And as if you guys have been paying attention and looking at the uh, path to medical school, a lot more students are non-traditional taking one gap year or even two gap years. Why would it be beneficial? Why are more people taking two gap years? Because that first gap year is actually being used as an MCAT prep year. So they're saying, ooh, I know that I have a lot going on my senior year. Wouldn't it be better if I waited till after and I had a whole open six months, seven months, eight months where I have nothing to focus on but the MCAT? Of course it would, right? Would if, Imagine, if I asked you right now, if you had nothing to go on in your life other than MCAT, would you do better or worse? You do better. So you guys have to think about that and you guys have to say to yourselves, how am I going to create the space in my class schedule to allow me to successfully take this MCAT the second time? Because I tried it with classes the first time. That didn't work. So don't repeat that. Adjust your class load. The second thing you need to do after you adjust your class load is you need to adjust your life and your obligations. In the case of this woman, I asked her, well, okay, outside of the classroom, how is this term compared to last term? She's like, oh, it's more busy. I have my senior thesis. I have my organization. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like all this stuff going on. For you guys, what's the bumper, bumper sticker? Life happens. <laughs> life happens. But so many of us put ourselves in a predicament where we give life the opportunity to throw us off. We give life the opportunity to get in the way. We get in our own way. We build opportunities and obstacles in our life accidentally or on purpose or subconsciously and not realizing it. So I want you guys to get your life under control. If you're a parent, do your kids have proper supervision? Is there someone else who can watch the kids and do certain things so you can have more time for your MCAT? If you have a needy boyfriend or girlfriend, okay, give them a whole bunch of kisses and say, listen, I'll see you in three months. <laughs> Your friends who want to party all the time, put them on notice, let them know right, all the things in your life that you need to scale down. Some of you guys are even in research projects. Maybe you're in a research lab and you're scared about taking time off from the research lab or from your job because you're worried about putting undue burden on that job. And this actually happened where I had a student who could full, like had saved up the vacation time, could absolutely take off a couple months from work and be fine and didn't need the job financially. But they were concerned because they're like, listen, if I take this time off, there isn't someone who can fill my shoes and the job is going to suffer. And I said, I get all that and that, that that's terrible and that sucks. And, and that's great that you consider that and you think about that and you're such a, a humanitarian. But do you want this job forever? If you were having a tough time, would this job be there for you to pick you up? 
No, you've got to go on and get your future. That job was a stepping stone. It was a way for you to get experience or pay bills or whatever during college, all in hopes of going to medical school. So what good is it if you serve this job, but you don't serve yourself by doing well in the MCAT? And he was like, dang, you're right. And I'm thankful he quit his job and did the right thing and, and took responsibility for that, that prep the next time. And of course he did better. So for you guys, you got to get your life obligations under control, your extracurriculars, your jobs, your research, your people in your life. Let them know. Hey, say, guys, listen, this is my life. This is my future. I need a couple months. I love you, but I need a couple months to focus and get this done. And then we can go back to being friends. Then we can go back to being party. But I can't until I get this done. Does that make sense to everybody? So we're going to recognize that our score is not us. We are going to look at and say, okay, what did I do last time? Then we're going to create a different plan that involves fewer classes, less obligations, getting our life in order. And then the third thing we're going to do, guys, is we are going to get help. First, by recruiting the people around us to hold us accountable. So many of us procrastinate. So many of us don't stick to our schedule. So many of us don't do the prep that's required. Why? Because we're naturally lazy. <laughs> that's just who we are. I'm one of the laziest people out there. We are all lazy. You are not the only one. So what we have to do and what I've done to be so successful and, and to be so consistent with my preparation and everything I do is that I put people around me on notice and I recruit them to say, if you see me slacking off, if you see me not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, call me on it. At the end of the day, call and check on me. Make sure I did this. Make sure I'm doing my prep. Be my cheerleader. Be, uh, be my authoritarian. Be my coach. Be there to make me do the right things. I need your help. So put those people around you. And then the people who are not going to be helpful to you, again, put them at bay. But find people around you who can help you. Make sure you stay on track. The second thing is, is get a new program. So I know a lot of these expensive classes have these score guarantees, but if you didn't do well the first time, it's probably not a good setup for you. So I would advise you to change your prep in some way. Find a different way to approach it, whether that be a different class, whether it be a different a different uh, set of uh, content, whether it be a new program, whatever it might be, find a different way to go about your preparation because if you do the same thing and you expect a different result, that's insanity, right? That's what uh, Albert Einstein said. So don't put yourself that in position. Find a new program, something different that will help you get prepared. This is very important, guys. If you're looking for an alternative approach to the MCAT, you're looking to step your MCAT game up, you're looking for something new, something novel, something innovative, then I encourage you to check out my MCAT program. It's called How to Dominate the MCAT Without Expensive Prep Class, and it teaches you how to actually independently study for the MCAT, how to go about doing questions, how to make a schedule, how to manage your stress, how to make a full, like a, an amazing plan to actually get the job done so you can feel confident. If you're interested in that, I'm gonna put a link below uh, for that MCAT course a huge discount, so click that link below in the show notes to get a discount on that course, guys. It will change your MCAT studying for show. If it didn't go well the first time, this will make sure your second time goes well, so I want you guys to check that out. Um, lastly, I'll just say, don't give up. Don't quit. Even if the second time doesn't go well, the third time, stick with it. You can get there, but you got to make changes. First, we assess what we did wrong last time. We tell ourselves that we're not our MCAT score. We then say, how can we create a different plan, getting our classes in order, getting our obligations, our extracurriculars in order, getting the people around us in order, and then also by recruiting people around us to support us and then getting a new program to approach the test differently, to be more efficient, 
all those things. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I am Dr. Pinesett, the study doc. If you want to be featured on this podcast, make sure you take a second, get to my website, studenttransformation.com, studenttransformation.com, and leave me a voicemail and I'll answer your question on here live. As always, what we say, no excuses, just dominate. Later, y'all. Today is the day, guys. No more excuses. No more complaining. You're going to take your future in your own hands. You're going to dominate. You're going to be successful. Get to my website, studenttransformation.com. I challenge you. What are you going to do today to make your life better?